Good afternoon and welcome to the latest edition of Lunchtime Learnings. I'm delighted to be joined today by Neil Lando, um, owner of Village Estates in Radler. Only been doing it for a few minutes, I think about 38 years. So you look very well for it, Neil. So thanks very much for joining me today. How are you doing? Well, such an easy... Yeah, I'm doing good. I look well because it's such an easy business. Okay, well, we talk about it being an easy business. Um, so tell us, how, how did you decide to become an estate agent? and survive it for this long okay well i didn't start i didn't start till i was 24 26 26 when i became an agent um i was in other businesses before my father had a restaurant business and i worked in that and it just wasn't for me i got involved in another business and it wasn't for me and i had a friend of mine who was an estate agent and i seemed to like what he was doing and i basically ended up getting a job at best of Eves in Hampstead in 1984 and uh, my first appointment there was a deal. I remember it very well, what the guy said to me. It was a very funny deal, but I got, I got that agreed. And it was like the first ever appointment at yeah. agency was a sale. And 18 months later, I opened uh, Village Estates in Radlett in 1986, April 1986. And my first appointment there was a deal. So I was probably destined to be in the business, I suppose. I don't really know that, but that's how it seemed to work out. And okay. I just moved on from there. Moved on from Brilliant. there. I opened an office. I opened an office yeah. in Radler, as I said, in '86. It was a very small office. Two people in there. It was a party. But I worked seven days a week, and I grafted, and I grafted, and I grafted. And uh, a few years later, I got a bigger office, which I'm still in. And that's it. And I've been there ever since. I've got. Okay. I opened up other offices as well. But that's all. Okay. Right. So let's go. Let's go back. Let's start at the beginning. So mm -hmm. first leaves, first day, first appointment. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How did you get how did you get that first deal? No training whatsoever. No training is it's, it's, it's quite a it's quite a fire. I think for a stage agent would we'll like this story. Uh, if you're not in a stage agent, you'll just learn. Basically, I uh, I had this flat in Hornsey Road. I remember it was about thirty-two grand. And <laughs> and I made an appointment for this guy. I know stage you didn't have company viewings. This guy went to see the flat. He brings me the following morning and he says, I want to make an offer. And I think it was 32 and a half grand was a flat. He might have offered 30 or 31. I can't remember exactly what it was. And um, I said to my manager, who coincidentally was also called Neil, I said to him, what shall I do? He says, well, just put the offer up and see what the guy says. So I thought, I didn't have a clue. I've been in an agency literally 24 hours. So I rang this guy up and I said to him, uh, call him Mr. Smith for sake of argument. I said, hi, Mr. Smith, I've, I've got an offer on your on your flat uh 31 grand i said it's a really good buy good position and he basically turned around to me and says what the f do you know about my flat you've never seen it and i said to him well i saw the flat below it was exactly the same and i sold that for thirty-one thousand as well last week and he went okay then i'll take it and that was the first deal i'd never actually seen another flat it just came straight out in my head and i did the deal and from then on i must i worked really hard at best of eves i did okay i i Work there, and then I got a bit bored with it, um, and I decided I could do better on my own than I could do working it for someone like Bears to Ease, who gave me good training to a degree. Uh, they were quite old, established firm, very sort of um, corporate mentality, which really isn't me. So I decided to get out of that, and I opened the office in Radler in, as I said, in April '86. I did it with a partner uh, at the time um he's not my partner anymore but he's still a good mate of mine and i opened then in, in april 
1986 and I came into an area which I really didn't know, even though I lived only up the road in L Street. I didn't really know the property market. It was so different to Bear and Bear Stories, the phone rings off the hook. I was based in Hampstead, they're not open there anymore. And the phones were ringing, like you got in and it didn't stop ringing. You started in Radler, it's a totally different, the pace is much slower and everything takes longer. But I had to get used to that and that took a bit of time. That did take some time. So you just opened in a new area. One, how do you get to know the area? Um, and then how do you then learn to deal with the pace of that market? And again, there's people that are now going self-employed, they're starting their own agencies. You know, now yes. what, what we know now, what advice can you give these people when they're start, starting up in, in new areas? Okay, well, well, what I did was I just literally drove around. I've got a bit of a photographic memory, so I'm quite lucky in that respect. What I did is I literally drove around every single road. I just drove round and round. Those were the days before Waze or, you know, you had a map and you had to drive around. And I just literally drove around the whole of Radler. I drove around every single road, every single day. Every single day. Oh, yeah, pause. Um, hang on a second, put that back in. So I drove around every single road, every day, and just got to learn. I mean, there were times when I was asked to do evaluation, I didn't know where it was. And it was, an, I remember once going to evaluation and uh, I had to stop someone in the street and say, can you tell me where X Road is? And he said, oh, yeah, it's up there on the left. And I did that. And that's the only way you could learn. It was, you know, you didn't have weight. You had no phones. You had no mobiles. You had nothing. It was a totally different business to how it is now. I actually preferred the business then than I do now. It's a lot, it's a lot less complicated and, and simpler. Um, and that's how I learned. And you went into valuations. You got them wrong. You got them right. But it doesn't take long. It's, it's not rocket science valuing a property. You get an idea pretty quick. And, uh, and I built my name up pretty quickly. Um, I was, it, it, SA agency was very different in those days. I mean, Stephen, you were, you were an agent as well back in the day, I think, as well. And sold agencies weren't what they are now. You know, you had a sold agency with someone. You just knocked on their door and said, I've got someone. They go, okay, get them in. You know, the, you did that. So I was canvassing all the time, looking at the newspaper and these tiny little adverts and trying to see if the same house was next to the same tree because it wasn't like online. You couldn't, it didn't say uh, Watford Road, Radlett. It just said Radlett and you had to pick out what road it was. And that's how you learned the area. And what I did was then I started canvassing these houses. And I vividly remember I sold a house in a road called Shenley Hill and they had on the market another agent. I went around there and I said to them, it's too much money. You want to sell it, you've got to drop the price and I'll sell it. So we dropped the price by like £20,000, which in those days was, was a lot of money. And we sold the house and the, the guy said to me, oh, you've done a brilliant job for me. I said, I've done a brilliant job. I just told you the truth. And that's what your people need to know. And I think in, the other problem with the stage agents at the moment is that they're more worried about what their boss is going to say about getting a house on the market than they are about getting a house on the market at the right price. And that's what it all comes down to. Selling houses is not rocket science. It's very, very simple. You go and you value something and you value it at the right price. Maybe you put it on a little bit higher. Uh, but I would say if I was starting an estate agency today, I would, I would stick to my guns and do exactly the same. I wouldn't change. I've always been like this. Um, it, it's a bit Marmite approach because some clients love their ego being massaged. I'm not interested in that. I'm just not interested. I don't think we lost this long. Pricing is really important. Pricing is really important, and especially at the moment. And um, 
you know, we had the situation, we won't mention the person where, um, you know, I sat on, on, on three valuations that day and, you know, one of the agents came round and he was £400,000 more than anybody else, um, mm. which was crazy. And then very soon, um, he actually changed it and came down by 400000 So, you know, yeah. they, embarrass, they embarrass themselves um, by yeah. doing that. Well, well, don't get me wrong. I mean, in 40 years of business, I've got them wrong as well. I'm not right every time. If I was right every time, I wouldn't be here talking to you. I'd be off in the Caribbean somewhere. But it's, it's I, I always say to clients when I go to value their house, is that, you know, well, the other, they sometimes say to me, well, the other agent says it's worth £300,000 more than you. And I'll say to them, yeah, but he can tell you what he likes. So I said, if a lawyer gives you bad advice, you sue him. If a doctor gives you bad advice, you sue him. If a stager gives you bad advice, tough. You know, it, it's an opinion. And that is the problem. And, and as I said earlier, the, the biggest problem with, with estate agents today is, and I won't mention names of estate agents, but everyone who I'm talking about, that they've all got to meet their... Uh, requirements we must get 42 appointments today you've got to get seven instructions you've got to get 14 this and 15 that it's all a load of nonsense you're just trying to you, you you'll tell the client what they want to hear so you can get the instruction and then your boss is happy you've got the instruction that's not the way I say agency should work agency work on the basis your house is worth a million pounds put it on at 1.1 ish and take a bid there's no point because you put it on at 1.3 or 1.4. And this is really important. I want to explain to people who want to get in the business. I always define it as like people who are going to buy a Bentley. And you walk into a Bentley showroom. And I tell this to all my staff and I try to I push this all the time. And I say explain this to clients. As, as someone who walks into wants to buy a Bentley and they go into a Bentley showroom, and the guy in the Bentley showroom says, I haven't got a sister, Mr. Smith, I haven't got a Bentley, but I've got a lovely Volkswagen here. Right, and the guy says, "Well, I don't want a Volkswagen. I want a Bentley." He said, "Well, make me an offer for the Volkswagen." Well, I don't want that. I want the Bentley. It's exactly the same with the house. If you send somebody into a house who wants to spend one and a half million pounds, and you've got the house on a, a one and a half, but the house is only worth a million, he ain't going to buy it. Doesn't matter. He won't make an offer. You'll just get the wrong people through the door. But all they're interested in is getting the house on the market and work the client down in the price. And that is bad, in my opinion. This is my opinion. A lot of agents will disagree because they say, if you've got the instruction, you've always got an opportunity to sell it. And that is true. But why take six months to sell a house? You know, you, you, in my opinion, if you take a house on at the right price in today's market, if you don't have a bar within a month, it's the wrong price, especially where I work. I can only talk about where I work. I can't talk about other areas in the country. But in the area I work, it's a very niche area. If you don't sell a house within a month, six weeks, the price is wrong. It's that simple. It is really simple. And I see houses come in the market offers an excess of in today's market, which I think is insane. I think it's insane. I won't change. I'm a leopard, never change its spots. I just don't get it. So one of the things that I really loved what you what you did was you added value. And what I mean by adding value, you thought outside the box and you most probably it's not thinking outside the box because I think it was was just a really simple thing that you said. You know, potentially oh, yeah. you're going you're gonna to have buyers that come to see this particular property. Um, they're going to ask you questions whether it can be extended or not. Let's get an architect round before it goes on yep. the market. Um, so we get an idea. Can it be done? Can't be done? Because these are the questions we're going to be asked. And to yep. me, that's a really, really simple thing. But that's what common it, sense. Did, it, it adds value. 
yeah that's value makes a difference um yeah it's all about finding out whether you're in rad or anywhere else it is very yeah absolutely it's you have to think outside the box um i've always said especially in the last few years i'm a estate agent stroke social worker um you're dealing with people who are selling houses sometimes for the wrong reasons you know death divorce losing you know losing their jobs and it's stressful and you and if you give those people the wrong advice you're adding more stress to their to their job to what they're doing you know because if you give somebody an advice well i can sell you that no problem i'll sell it for that all day long i mean if i had a pound for every time somebody walked into my office and registered they don't walk in anymore they register on the online um and they say oh yeah my stage came around and he said they said in my house in a week and i had a pound for that i could have retired as well and i said well of course they're going to say that aren't they they're going to say that stage is all it's, it's as i said earlier it's just about being straight with clients if you're straight with if you're straight with your client they're never going to be surprised and if you're dealing with a person that's i won't take i won't take properties on if i think the client isn't listening to what i say and is so mad money I, I i don't take it on and i think as an agent you're stronger by doing that than being weaker i think you're weak by taking everything on the market that you can possibly get and that's you said to me, coming back to where we started is how i started my business i decided i'm going to deal with clients the way i like to be dealt with myself i'm i'm not a chameleon i i am what i am and i'm going to do that and i was 27 years old right and i was up against a very, very established estate agent called Barry Allsuch, who sadly is not well at the moment. Uh, great guy, brilliant. He was the most brilliant estate agent. And he put Radlett on the map. It wasn't me, it was him. But I came along on his coattails. I was eight years younger than him and he didn't like me being there and I had to fight my way to get there. And I learned that in Radlett, if you're straight with people, you'll get a reputation. And it's the same in anywhere you work, in any agency. If you start your business by being straight with, the, with your client, you, you'll never go wrong. Because at the end of the day, even if they sell the house for less money through another stage and you didn't get instructed, they will remember that. They will remember. They'll tell their friends, all right, I didn't give it to Neil because he said it was worth less, but he was right. And the amount of people that come to see me today who are not even selling and say, look, I remember what you said to me. You were spot on. Can you give me this? Another important thing about agency is valuing people's houses who are not moving. Okay. So I get a lot of calls. Oh, I'm looking to extend my house. What do you think I should do? And I, the first thing I say to them is, well, if you extend the house, how long are you going to live there? Oh, 10, 15 years. I said, don't do it. Right. He said, well, I have another stage around. They say to me, who said to me, well, you know, the house is worth this. It won't be worth that when you've done it. I said, well, who cares? In 10 or 15 years time, you worry about it then. And that's the advice. It's really important for stages. It's just not about, you've got to look long-term. And that's how I've run my business. And that's why I'm still open. It's like I've always looked long-term. You know, I, as you said earlier about thinking outside the box, um, we, in 2008, when the market was on its knees, um, as I mentioned earlier, Barry Such, Barry Such and I were in competition. I mean, basically, we were like guns at each other, knives, you know, and, and it's do anything to stop the other guy doing business. And I rang him up and I said, Barry, look, you know, the business is in a dire state. You know, you can't sell houses. You can't do anything. There's no finance, nothing. We've got to work together. We've got to work together. We've got to up the fees, right? And we go out and we say to clients, those are our fees. We're the two best agents in town and we split it. And I said, and Barry, when the market comes back again, 
the knives will come out again. And that's exactly what we did. And because we did that, we survived. We got through it. Um, a lot of agents didn't get through it. And, lot, and that's all due to because they, they're so thinking of their own pride that they don't think outside the box about, about business. The state agency is a business and you've got to think it's, it's a business. And I did that. And I said to him, Barry, this is the only way you and I are going to survive. What's the point of us all going bust? It's pointless. Let's survive together and then fight together later. Have a truce, for a better word, of what's going on in the world today. You know where I'm coming from. And he said, okay. And we did that. And we both survived. Good. And well, that's where... we, got, we got you up. So, Amy, thanks very much. So, Grease, manage yeah. expectations at all times. Totally agree. So, thank you. And thank you yeah. for commenting. Thank you for watching. Um, just a few yeah. things that I want to pick up on and what you said. Um, Go on. I totally agree about its long term and rather than too many agencies of a one-off transaction and it's all about yep. giving external advice and i remember at green and co when i went on the appraisal um and i just said to the lady have you thought about keeping the property um rather than rent it out rather than selling it and she said no and she rented it out and four years later um the manager of that office then went back and she said, oh, was Stephen Brown still there? And he said, yes, but he's in a different branch now. Well, we thank Stephen, please, because he was the only one that gave me that advice. Every agent yeah. wanted the transaction today, but That's he right. was thinking. And I think you're spot on with the extensions and, and the wise advice there. Um, yeah. Rather than, you know, estate agents are thinking about, right, let's get the money today. Let's get the money today. They're not thinking about, hold on, you know what, if I give them the right advice, they're then going to recommend me, as you rightly say, to friends, family, colleagues and neighbours. And then, just guess what, we're going to get more business as a result of it in the long term. So The other thing the, the other thing I would say is very important, which is one of the most, and Stephen, I'm sure you'll agree with me, the most important about this agency is make sure there's good lawyers in the deal. Because today, it is a nightmare. I mean, when, when we were started selling properties 40 years ago, it, you know, you had no emails, right? Yeah, a fax, which was just coming out when I started. He had no emails. Everything was done by post and sales went through straight quicker. And now you've got all these solicitors who are tick boxing and all these estate agents, all these people out there who call themselves estate agents, who advise their clients to use um, conveyancing firms should be shot. That's my opinion. Um, not wounded, not killed, wounded. And basically, <laughs> because they're killing the business, these conveyancing firms, I, I never understand with people in the, they, and Hello, what's that? Is that it's my dog. He's joining yeah, in as for, well. It's very, it's very strange. I'm waiting for my dog to start barking, but he hasn't yet. She hasn't. She hasn't. Um, and I lost my train of thought now. Hang on a second. Yeah, so the lawyers are causing a lot of problems in the business at the moment. Um, the, the conveyancing firms are taking too long and too stressful and ticking every single box. And I think what's amazing, and it's in, in my area, I can only talk from my area and areas around, and I've got another office as well, where basically we're selling houses for one, two million pound. And we have clients saying, well, the solicitor you recommended me to Neil is 300 pounds more. Well, that rest my case, don't you, I? I mean, yeah. you, you pay for what you get without shadow. Absolutely. Yeah, so absolutely. How, do you, how, how do you find good lawyers then? Well, people that you work with. I mean, I've over 40 years, I've 
I, I, I deal with only three, three to five lawyers. I know other lawyers are excellent, but they're more too expensive in town and clients locally don't want to use, you know, they start charging a fortune, which I get it. But there are very good local lawyers. And I think estate agents, when you're opening up, is go around and see lawyers and say to lawyers, you know, look, we can give you business. I give one firm a lot of business. Um, I don't get anything back. All I get back is the exchanges. That's all I'm interested in. I get all these firms messaging me all the time. Give us referral. We'll give you 250 quid. No, I'd rather give, spend, knock 250 quid off my fees and give it to a better lawyer. Um, and I think that is where a lot of, you know, this is the biggest problem in agency with all these big firms that, you know, you've got their mortgage arms and their lawyer arms and this arm and that arm. It doesn't help the deal go through. The whole, the whole concept about a stage is, is the you're, deal. You're in, you're in charge of government policy. How do we resolve it? Well, fees should go up to 5%. How <laughs> <laughs> would I change? I think I think a lot of it is wrong. I think a lot. I'm, I'm, I can only talk about sales, not lettings. I'm not an expert on lettings. Uh, I'm boring yeah. you, Stephen. You just walked away. Um, God, no. What do I do on on the sales side? I think it's so archaic the way the system works, but I don't know how you would change it. I, I I'd love to get it changed. I I think the system of well, I've accepted your offer, but you know. I, I go along with a sense of, I say to all my guys in my office and everybody, I said, buyers and sellers, their word is their bond until they change their mind. And that's how you have to work. And, you know, all these, you know, we had a sale actually fall through yesterday, a big one, because a purchaser was buying the house from me, got his mortgage offer, but never told me he was selling a commercial building for two and a half million quid. And just said to me, I'm really sorry, it fell through. Um, so the, the system is archaic. But I don't know how you change it the way that, you know, solicitors spend weeks and weeks backwards and forwards asking stupid questions. Um, you know, restricted covenant situations in our area are a joke. I mean, we've got covenants on houses from 100 years ago. And the only way we can get deals through is getting indemnity policies. And these insurance companies are making fortunes, absolute fortunes. It's absolutely disgraceful out of people paying indemnity because their lender won't give them a mortgage because there's a 1905 conveyance that says you can't extend the back of the house. Well, you know, I think logic's got to come into it. The, I actually said to a local lawyer about 30 years ago, if, I wish we, him, him and I could just open up this. I'll take these indemnity policies all day because no one's ever going to come back and claim against it. And I think it's wrong. And I think people, I think the general public are being totally screwed by this. I think it's, it's immoral. It's actually immoral. Um, there's a development in Radler, a whole big area, which was built in the late 50s, early 60s. And every single house has got restricted covenant against extending it. Okay, There's probably 300, 400 houses that were built back in the late 50s, early 60s. And when the houses were built, obviously the developer didn't want anyone extending the house while they were selling others. Because obviously I wasn't around then, but it obviously took a long time. And now we got, this company went bust in 1990. So the company went bust 30 three years ago and even today i've had to agree someone to pay 800 pounds for an indemnity policy because in case somebody comes back from this company from 33 years ago so oh, you can't extend the house every single house has been extended so there's hundreds of thousands of pounds being spent and then what happens is the person who's taken out the indemnity policy for a house for the sake of argument worth a million pounds, then sells this house in 10 years time for 1.5 million. And the purchase lawyer says, 
oh, your indemnity is not good enough. It's only up to a million. It should be a million and a half. So I want, you've got to And that's what's going on. And I think it's immoral. And I have a, I'm totally against it. And it really winds me up. But there's nothing you can do. And that's what I think. If I could change anything, that's what I would change. Okay, you know, you. Know, I, right, yeah. coming back, you talked about Barry Dutch, and you're very, um, very grateful about, you know, what you were saying about him. And it's nice to yeah. hear. Um, yeah. What do you think, and you've worked with a lot of people, and you, what does it make to be a top performer? What do you have to be a top performer in a state agency, in your opinion? I know you've talked about working hard, um, but, you know, what do you look for when you're... People. Um, people when i'm looking for okay i've got very very good staff i've got uh, one girl's worked for me for 13 years i've got somebody else has come to me a year ago um when i've looked for myself i look for somebody who works hard thinks outside the box like me it's not just somebody you know you can create a lot of business but but you can value a house you're having a great memory you could value a house six months ago and the person says i'm thinking about it i'm not sure and somebody walks, rings up and says, I'm looking for a house like this. Because where we are is quite specialised. It's not like some areas where it's all three-bed semis and there's hundreds of them. We're, you know, in our area, there's only 2,000 homes, okay, in Radler itself. So you go and value a house. And I'm, I'm looking for people who can think, you know what, Joe Bloggs would be interested in that. And we do a lot of business off-market, a lot of sales, like one-offs, where we go to see a house and we think, you know what, they'll buy that. And we do the deal. And that's what I'm looking for with people. It's just not a man. It's very, very easy as an estate agent, especially nowadays, because when I started work, we had the card system where you had people's name on the card. And it's a much better system in a way that you've got to know your people. You saw their names all the time. Now it's on a computer screen. It's not the same. You have things that say they're hot, they're not. They're this, but you, you don't have it's not exactly the same. So you need to have someone and, and my staff are like that, that. They're always thinking, you know what? What about that? What about this? And we discuss all day long in the office. That's what we're talking about. We don't discuss the deals we've done. As far as I'm concerned, when a deal is done, I'm not interested. It's exchanged, finished. The king is dead. Long live the king. We get on with the next one. And that's what I do with my staff. And that's what they. That's what I'm looking for somebody. So I'm not looking for somebody who's a pen pusher, who's very good on the computer. The three of us in there, no, not great on the computer. There's a problem on it. We get someone to sort it out. We're good at selling houses. And that's what estate agency is about, the nutshell, selling houses and putting people together and knowing what people want. It's very different in different areas. I mean, where I am, as I said earlier, it's very niche. So somebody can phone up and say, look, I'm looking for a four or five bedroom house. I want a half an acre of land that's got a potential. I want a bit of character. And we've got that. That's what we have. But people ring up and say, I'm looking for a house up to two million and I want 42 acres. And we say, well, go somewhere else. We ain't got it. You know, so, you know, I do say to them, I said, well, don't waste my time. You know, you're wasting your time. When we go, people ring up and say, I want to buy a bungalow. Okay, how much? Half a million. Forget it. Don't waste your time. You won't buy it here. Go to, down the road. They, they sell them, you know, in other areas. And people like that. And that's what I do with my my, my staff. I just make sure we just take, just be on the ball. That's what, uh, My old partner, a guy called, who you know, Stephen Barnett, um, on the ball. You've got to be on the ball. I mean, he's got a guy who works with him, his partner, Ollie. Brilliant. You know, it's, that's what it's all about. It's all about putting people together, remembering what you've seen. And it's improved a lot, this, because obviously now we spend more time, we take people around houses. Um, the house I met you at, I, I came in and I said, we've got, we've got the buyer. We know who wants it because we've shown that buyer so many houses that we know more than he does what he wants. 
and we, we sell at the house. And that's what it's about. And if estate agents look after their buyers, their sellers will look, the, seller, the seller will look after themselves because, you know, just throw mud against the wall, which is a lot of agents like to do, is not the way to go forward. And I always say to clients, you know, it's not about how many, you know, they say to me, it's like sometimes you get, a, you bring, you take a house on the market and you sell it to the first person or second person. They go, God, that was quick. Am I selling it too cheap? And I said, well, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll send you away a load of messes for six months and I'll bring the buyer in. Would you prefer that? Spend six months just sitting there. Not, I said, that's what it's about. What do you want? You don't, want, you don't want to be my mate. You want me to be your agent. You want me to sell it. I don't want to be your mate. Spend six months and, and again, I think you're spot on, and I think it's a really nice place to end. It's all about being a deal maker. It's all about being a match. It's a deal maker. That's what I said earlier. Is that you're doing you're doing deals. You're just the important thing if you're learning to come into our business is you've got to get the deal done. And also, it's not about when you get the deal done, just leave it. It's chasing the deal, driving the deal through. That's what we do. Yeah, yeah. know your buyers. Your, know, know your buyers. Drive the deal through add value make a difference neil thank you so much for your time today people want to find you and get a hold of you how do they do that uh email neil at village estates.co.uk brilliant well, and especially if you've got a house in radler i'll come back to you even quicker <laughs> brilliant thanks very much for your time thank you everybody for watching okay. please like share it and get the message out and have a lovely weekend thank you everybody thank you cheers bye